everybody, and welcome to another new edition of Live from Pawnee. I'm Alan, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Mark. Mark, good morning. How are you today? Well, hi, uh, Alan of the Roundtable. I'm Mark, and with me, as always, is Alan. How are you doing? <laughs> Thanks, Joey. I'm doing fine. How are you doing? How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. Uh, it's a, 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 a brisk it is brisk. Uh, weekend, would that be a good word to describe it as yeah. brisk? Yeah, here a little north of Pawnee, as we like to say, it's a little brisk today. It's, uh, f- I'd say, fallish plus. Yeah. 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 Plus a smidge. Plus a smidge. Or, or winter minus. <laughs> you know what? They both work, as a matter of fact. Yeah, I got both sorts of grades. <laughs> <laughs> I I would I would have wanted to get a winter minus, but you know, yeah. uh, just well, like that's fun. for the elite. No, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you are kind of elitist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of friends, there, you know, that reminded me, Mark. Yeah, I know we both have kind of similar taste in uh, TV shows. Oh yeah, and uh, clearly, uh, clearly, yeah. Otherwise, we wouldn't be doing this thing. But um, we're uh, you are you guys watching Dairy Girls? Remind me. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh my god. So don't if you've already seen it, don't spoil it for me. But have you seen the season finale of the, I, I the most recent season? Yeah, season three, I think. Uh, okay, well we haven't. So which I, is the series finale? It, what? Yeah. No, no, that's not true. It is. See, season three is the end. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't want to believe it. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> We we love that show. It's so good. So like, you you would recommend it to our to I our would viewers. Fully recommend it to anybody. Right. With with yeah, half a brain. Well, I it's, I completely agree. And and I'm so I'm not going to spoil anything, yeah. but I'm so we're always on the lookout for new shows to watch. Sure, yeah. And something's got to fill the void cuz Dairy Girls yeah. is such an excellent show, it's right? So good. Right. Yeah. And you know how you and I have talked about in the past um how cool it would be to have Parks and Rec uh, uh, like spinoffs or, or yeah, you know, prequel, that sort of thing, prequel, whatever movie. Yeah. Anything. Well, I heard through the grapevine yeah. that uh, they are making, in fact, a new sitcom with the, the, with the Gergich, uh, the, the Gergich women, like the Gergich daughters and the mother. Yeah. And the working title is Jerry girls. <laughs> there, there may be a copyright infringement. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> Uh, so I'm just passing it along to our to our viewers and to you. So, you know, you wow. can look out for that. Well, I guess unless they're in Jerry, Ireland, it isn't just going to make any sense to me. So, it could be. Yeah. It I don't could know. Be, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't either. It's on Peacock. It's on Peacock. Yeah. Very good. Uh, hey, Mark, you know what? I think we're here to talk about season five, episode seven, Leslie versus April. Today. Oh, my gosh. Battle Royale. Yeah, yeah. I'll say uh, this. This episode was one of them. Their standard episodes. No, yes. uh, no bonus. Uh, although I'll say something in a minute that kind of blow our minds a little bit. Mm. Uh, this had a runtime of 21 minutes and 31 seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll just mention it now. We'll get to it later, obviously, like we normally do. But. There were almost 10 minutes of deleted scenes in this sucker. A lot. It could have easily been a supersized episode. I was a little yeah. disappointed that well, it wasn't more so than most. I've got some news for you. Mm. You know how I'm always threatening to go assemble? You know, Avengers assemble. Uh, All the time with you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but but in this case, assemble the deleted scenes back in with the standard episode and make my own bonus episode. Frankenstein episode. Yeah. yeah I'm doing it. Are you really? This is the one. Wow. 10 minutes. I mean, come on. And and I what I noticed about this episode in general, plus the deleted scenes, they there's fewer scenes, but they're all longer. And that held true with deleted scenes. So frankly, because I'm lazy, it's just going to be easier this time. 
Well, I mean, that was my motivation. You can't argue Mark. with laziness. No, no, it, it, it's my main motivator and everything. That and to not be hassled by your bosses. Oh, my but God. But that'll only make you work hard enough not to get fired. Lumbugger and his uh, <laughs> stock one quarter of a point. Oh, well, anyway, we'll, we'll talk about that. You, we should talk about Office Space one day. We should. I think when we're done with this, we need to go to movies we both love. I completely agree. That that's would that's clearly be on the list. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. no, no doubt. No. Mark, this episode, I should mention, also aired on November 15th, 2012, and uh, we're here in October, so we're kind of almost getting back in sync with the, the the run that we're covering here, just, you know, 10 years later. Right. So not too, not too far off. Uh, this episode was directed by Wendy Stanzler. This is the third of four that she ultimately directed. You can find her name on shows like Grey's Anatomy, uh, Desperate Housewives, The Middle, Carnival Row, which I'm rewatching on HBO right now. Um, the Tick, which I know we both mm-hmm. love. Oh, yeah. Uh, For All Mankind, which we got to talk to Kim Wanup about. And uh, Five Days at Memorial, which I think is that uh, show about um, Hurricane Katrina. It was a miniseries, but I haven't had a chance to see that. Wow. Yeah. Uh, this episode was written by the late, great Harris Whittles, who we both love. Yep. This was his eighth of 12 that he ultimately penned. And um, yeah, so why don't we get into our... Um, our, uh, what do we call this next section, Mark? The synopsis. The synopsis. Yeah, I'm I'm not firing all my cylinders yet this morning. Yeah, so let's get into them, their synopsis. Let's get on with the synopsis. All right. Well, I uh, I broke this sucker down into three stories. That is correct, sir. Ding, and uh, ding, 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 ding. Uh, we used to have sound effects for that. In fact, oh, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. The, I, I thought that maybe Harvey had uh, disabled uh the, the sound effects. It's good to know that there's. He does working. that from time to time. Oh, you I know. Watch out for that rascal. I know. He yeah. keeps us on our toes. He really does. He's here today, by the way. Oh, he is. Yeah. I I thought this was Constantine's. No, 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 no. Remember, we had to schedule them apart. You got to schedule them apart. Yeah. The, so well, tell tell them what happened. Well, I I heard. Yeah. I wasn't here when it happened, but yeah. I heard that they basically had learned that each one was going to dress up as the other for Halloween. They dressed up as the other for Halloween. Yeah. And it, 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 uh, we shut that down. It right was away. mean spirited. They're yeah. being mean. We and, said, don't do that. Cause that's mean. Yeah. Don't do and that. And then what happened? What would they do instead? So then they decided to team up. And now, uh, I think Harvey is dressed as you. Yeah. And Constantine is dressed, dressed as, as you. Yeah. Yeah. It's terrific. Yeah. They, it, this is not. We made them friends by giving them a common enemy, Mark. Yeah. It's genius. It's it's a, it's a psychological warfare that backfired <laughs> on us and landed on our faces. That is true. All right. So sorry, sorry, sorry. Synopsis. So, so yeah, synopsis. Yeah. OK. The A story. Um, I kind of phoned in this title. I just called it The Future of Lot 48. April practices her presentation with Leslie on her proposed dog park for Pawnee. However, the two clash heads after April suggests the dog park be located at Lot 48, a lot Leslie has been trying no. to create a park at for four years plus. Yeah, they ain't having it. Leslie suggests April find a new location, you know, miss thing. But they are clearly not suitable. The other places they go to are all bad and stuff. Leslie tries to desperately distract April from her dog park agenda, but April stays the course and informs Leslie that she has the support of Councilman Jeremy Jam Uh-oh. to place her dog park at Lot 48, both angering and worrying Leslie. What will happen? Can Councilman Jam be trusted? Will April and Leslie resolve their differences? What is the human farm? <laughs> Stay tuned to find out, dot, dot, dot. 
the audacity of April to team up with such a snake. Audacity. Uh, we'll get into it. Audacity is the right word. It is. Great software. Uh, uh, Mark, uh, I titled mine. My, my title slightly better, but not much. Oh, honestly. I bet it is. Yeah. Uh, Smackdown WWD Og Park. Yeah, it's not any better. <laughs> it really is. Well, it started out, your energy was high. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this is going to be great. Yeah. And then it just wasn't. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it could have took a fall. It, 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 yeah, I trailed off there. All right. Anyway, so we got the B store here. Now, I kind of worked this one. Okay. Yeah. So you remember, um, you know, Brad Garrett, uh, at, like back in his uh, Ray Romano days. Sure. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> loves Raymond. So my title is Everybody Loves Wyatt. <laughs> That's apropos this week. I like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ben has just accepted a job at Barney Varms accounting, Var- uh accounting firm, Tilton and Radomsky Accounting. When Tom asks Ben to assist him with the accounting side of his new business venture, Rent-A-Swag, Ben agrees to help Tom, but only as a friend. Uh, Tom and Ben meet with several people throughout Pawnee each time Ben pitching either Tom or his company. Unfortunately, each time Tom <laughs> is turned down with while apropos of nothing, seemingly, Ben's talents continue to be recognized again and again with Ben receiving several job offers. Oh, my God. Tom cannot believe Ben's luck and is kind of upset Ben's getting all these opportunities when he and Rent-A-Swag are not. How will this turn out? How will Ben enjoy working at Tilton and Radomsky Accounting? Will Tom give up Rent-A-Swag? What one last thing does Ben do before he leaves Washington, D.C.? Stick around, podcast viewers. All will be revealed, dot, dot, dot. Nice job. Yeah. Mine was just called Ben for Hire, Tom Strikes Out. That's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So um, for my sea story, have you have you heard of that 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 the series of mystery books, uh, the Hardy Boys, the Hardy well, Boys? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I read I read many of those. So this is this is kind of an homage to that. All right, book seven of the Andy Dwyer mysteries: <laughs> the case of the missing laptop. Nice. <laughs> Andy has asked his coworkers to steal things from his desk so that he can practice for the police academy entrance exam, part of which will involve how to investigate a crime. When Andy comes into work one morning and notices his laptop missing, he becomes excited and starts his investigation right away. Andy interrogates several members of the gang, finally getting to Chris, who tells Andy another computer was reported stolen and he believes City Hall was actually robbed what will happen will chris and andy find the computer thief how does chris end up trying to help out andy why does andy keep taking his shirt off hang in there true (laughs) believers only time will tell dot 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 city hall robbed i feel so violated i know and not just because andy keeps taking his shirt off well but that's mostly that mostly yeah 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 Mark, you, you went Hardy Boys. I, I kind of did something similar. Oh, yeah? My, my title was Sherlock Andy and the Curse of the Adult Brain. Oh, very nice. So there you go. Very nice. Very nice job. Hey, let's uh, – I, I know that we, we – let's remind our viewers this next segment, AKAs. Yeah. We often do many. We've decided now we're just going to do – you know. Because NBC does such a terrible job of naming these episodes. Terrible, terrible. We we know we can do better. We've done better. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Gosh, almost two full years now. We've yeah. We've got an anniversary coming up. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, we are just now going to say, what is the AKA? 
each of us will give our own, of course. Yeah, we, but, we put yeah, our, what's the AKA? Put our analytical skills to the task and pick yeah. one gleaming, shining yeah, the moment best of for all. each of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so, Mark, what did you have for us? This so, week? mine is and uh, expectations are high now that you you know you get one choice. Oh, so it, look, it, it's in the stars, man. I got this. <laughs> all right, my choice is uh, when when Andy is excited about the prospect of trying to find his laptop, and he he no. announces to the camera. Mm -hmm. He says, a game is the foot. <laughs> huh? Mark, yeah? can you see my screen over here? No, you can't. Andy, a game is the foot. Ding, ding, ding. ding we ding, win. <laughs> Plus 500 internet. Oh, my God. Yay. See, it, we were so in sync this week. That yeah. We picked the best, AKA. Yeah. Yeah, clearly. Clearly. It's not that. getting better. Nope. That. Sweet, stupid Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, nice job, Mark. Hey, should we get into that there breakdown of this episode? Let's get into the breakdown. Let's do. All right. So we start off our cold open today. It's a it's a pretty lengthy one. It's almost um, two minutes in length, I think. Beefy. And it's not like Cartman. It's kind of beefy. It's kind of beefy. <laughs> Uh, you okay. do. You do the Cartman voice. Uh, there. Not right. um, so it, it's but it's not plot relevant. I noted in your notes that you said it was not plot relevant. And while I agree, I think it greases the plot. I'll say that. Well, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, you could do without it, like, technically. If you took it out, everything else would flow perfectly. It would. But it, but it's a, it complements the plot. How's that? <laughs> yeah. It Don't says, we have a category for that? It says, hey, plot. Hey, plot. You're pretty today. I, I like you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So we uh, in our <clears throat> in our non plot relevant opener, uh, we see Leslie and Ben in Washington, D.C. It's an outside shot. Looks like they're standing in front of the a White House and Leslie a is, White House. Uh, just a White House. Just any old White House. It's a fancy one with flags and stuff. <laughs> oh, and uh, Leslie has come to Washington, D.C. to help Ben get his stuff. Now that his uh, his stint running Congressman Murray's reelection campaign is is over. Right. Um. Alan, let's do right by our loyal podcast viewers and play this cold open. Let's do that. And start, hey, Harvey, go ahead and play the cold open, buddy. Thank you. 2020. Uh, that's a stretch. Fine. 2024. I win. We move in there. <laughs> I'll take the West Wing. You take the East Wing. You can be the first gentleman. Actually, that sounds kind of great. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for coming with me to get my stuff. How can I pass up an opportunity to look at our future house? Oh, just remembered, I uh, kind of got you an engagement present. Is it a Waffle Tower? I mean, it's a little <laughs> better than that. Yeah. Uh oh. Quality welders. I, that, how did, how did you do this? Call in a few favors. Oh god. Oh god. Few. Here we go. Hundred favors, Mr. Vice President Ben Wyatt from Congressman Murray's office. Hey Ben, Dave told me you're going to be coming by, and you must be Leslie No. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Mouth. Well, yeah, it did. <laughs> well, this isn't happening. This, this isn't real. No, it's it's happening, and I'm delighted to have you here. On behalf of the president and myself, I want to. Oh, Mr. To... Vice President, I am deeply flattered. <laughs> oh dear. There's no way that I could take over Madam Secretary Clinton's position. I mean, I'm confident you could do that job or any other. But okay, the reason, I will. But, well, <laughs> the reason you're here is I'm told you've done such a great job in your town and in the state of Indiana. And I just want to say congratulations for your public service. And I just want to say thank you. Oh. Well, you, you, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. <laughs> I'll touch you there. Yeah. You're, you're, you're very welcome. 
You're, you're very handsome. That's well done. Well, you're very nice. But thank, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Thank, well, thank you very much. Thank you very much. We'll see you tomorrow. Well, <laughs> you will? <laughs> thank you, Mr. Vice President. You, you're welcome. You don't let anything happen to him. Do you understand me? He is precious cargo. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh, that was classic. That, that's a classic one. And, and, you know, for our viewers at home, Mark, who couldn't see that, she's clearly meeting then Vice President Joe Biden. Right. Who, who she has, who they've established. She has, let's just call it a crush. A on. massive crush. Massive crush. A on, massive yes. pulsating crush. And that oh, she, uh, yeah, and she got a little handsy there. A little bit. Like it takes her, takes her hands and puts them on either side Through of his, his beautiful face. Joe Biden face. Yeah. And, and, and I think he's like, hey, what's uh, what's going on here? It, uh, you're really <laughs> The staffers and Secret Service look a little bit alarmed, but they, they, they don't like tackle her. Right. Exactly. I, I don't think that they clock her as an immediate dire threat. No. But <laughs> you better <laughs> but, watch it, lady. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, good stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I don't. I don't know if you. It doesn't really matter how you feel about Joe Biden. You just gotta love uh, Leslie's reaction to the moment. No Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's fabulous. Yep. Well, Mark, speaking of the White House and the West Wing, we open the main episode with a walk and talk down the halls of City Hall. And Ben is sharing some news with Chris about some changes he is making in support of his upcoming nuptials. Yeah. Yeah. So now we're 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 out of Washington, D.C. Yeah, we're back in. And we call it Joe Biden land. Yeah. And we're back in a good old Pawnee. Yeah. And we're at City Hall. And Ben and Sam Seaboard, Chris, uh, are are walking together in a hallway, and and we learn that Ben has accepted an offer from Barney Varman with the same accounting firm he almost joined last year. Uh, Tom comes up to join them, and Chris uh, ends up leaving, I think, to go to a meeting. And Tom takes this opportunity to tell Ben about rent a swag and asks him if he will take a look at the business plan and tell him what he thinks. And Ben is impressed enough with the company idea that he agrees to take a look. I love it. The uh, the little conversation between Ben and Chris on their their walk and talk. Uh, uh, so Chris and trying to catch Tom up with what's going on just says, well, fun fact, Ben just got an amazing accounting job. Yeah. Regular fact, I have to go to a meeting. Yeah. Unfun fact, my uncle just had a stroke. Oh, <laughs> it's nice that he he completes the fact rainbow. He's, he's armed with all three. I love it. Yeah. 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 yeah he's, he's prepared he's today. He's a fact sprinkler. He's a fact sprinkler. Yeah. Uh, well, over in the conference room, April is presenting an original idea of her own to Leslie, and Leslie is 100% on board. Well, minus 10% related to one aspect of the plan. So she is 90% on board. Yeah, 10% times one minus 90. Yeah. It's math, Mark. It's way too early for math. Just don't. No, it, well done. Um, all right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're in one of the city hall conference rooms. Hey, Alan, what conference room are we in? This is conference room 3C. Okay, conference room 3C. You're always so good with the, you just have them. It's almost I, like I just, you're making them up. It's amazing. Weird. Yeah. So in conference room 3C, we see April leading a what looks like a meeting with Leslie present. And, and Leslie is loving every second of it. She's really proud of April as she's telling about, you know, the, 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 the move and the motion that she wants to, <laughs> to, to, to bring up. And, and so the good news, Alan, is that April's idea is to build a new dog park, which would be quick cheap and and fill a need that currently exists in Pawnee. The bad news, April has selected as her site of choice lot 48, the one behind Ann's house, the one that used to be a pit, 
the one that Leslie has been working on for over four years. Leslie is not happy about this and politely tells April that lot 48 is hers and that she calls dibs and that April can go honk Herman. <laughs> I mean, nicely. Nicely. Yeah. In fact, she, she's a, well, what we're going to do is we're going to take your enthusiasm. We're going to bundle it up and we're going to find a new place for a dog park. Does that sound fun? Okay. One, two, three. Take a picture. Cheese. It's almost yeah. like she thought April was a dog. Like, this is what we're going to do. And we're going <laughs> to go and we're going to find a place for your dog park. Isn't that good? <laughs> Yikes. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, Mark, th- this is the City Hall Conference Room, by the way. Because the they got the the wildlife picture there on the wall, so yeah, this is the it's like is plain it, old conference room. Is it the main one? This is the parks conference room. Oh, it's the part they have jurisdiction. Yeah, it's it's there in the parks unit. Gotcha. Off to the side. Gotcha. This is, this is our most frequent conference room at City Hall. All right, so three so C. Yeah, yeah I don't know what it's called, but it's that it's the conference. What room. <laughs> you've shattered my expectations sorry, of man. you. I thought everything you said my was bad. true. Uh, well, meanwhile, out in the bullpen, whatever, which, you know, you know where that's at. Yeah. Andy believes that someone has decided to help him on his quest to become a police officer. Well, that's because on account of he, uh, you know, he wants everyone to help him. He, he said he's asked for that. Uh, help. He asked for that yeah. help. And so, yeah, I think this is maybe it's that morning. I don't know. Maybe it's, it's a morning. Maybe it's the next morning. We see Jerry greet Andy as Andy walks into the bullpen. And Andy heads over to his desk, except something is up. Um, hey, Harvey, let's play the clip. Push the button, sir. Morning, Andy. <clears throat> Uh-oh. Okay, something is different about my computer. Yeah. <laughs> what computer? Aha! It's gone. <laughs> Brilliant. <gasps> A game is the foot. <laughs> See, part of the police academy entrance exam is investigating a crime. Yep. So about a month ago, I told everyone in the office that at some point they should steal something from my desk so I could practice. Let's do this. Your sunglasses. Wait. Hey, did you guys take my glasses too? <laughs> they got my sunglasses They're too. They're hanging right there. <laughs> I was in Miami last weekend. Uh, I took my talents to South Beach. How do you spend your time in Miami? Maybe fencing stolen computers? Yes, I took your government computer from Indiana to Miami to sell it on the black market for 150 bucks. Ha <laughs> ha, you don't know it, but you just gave yourself away. Well, that's it. Case solved. Uh, sweet, stupid Andy. Yeah, yeah. He's shining already. Uh, I'm not even sure that computer's worth $150 on the black market. Not even in 2012. No, 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 no. No, no not at all. Well, Mark, from here, we go out to the courtyard where Ben has reviewed Tom's business plan and has some feedback for him. Yeah, yeah. We see Tom sitting outside in the courtyard, I think. He's looking over some documents and Ben walks up to him with some feedback about the mission statement. So in short, he was very impressed. And Tom then asks Ben if he'll be the chief financial officer or CFO, for those in the know, um, for Rent-A-Swag. Ben turns down the job offer because, you know, he already accepted the one at Barney Varmanen's uh, yeah. accounting firm. But he still offers to help Tom as a friend as long as Tom takes what he says seriously. Well, I think he's on the right track because, you know, right there in his mission statement, he didn't even use one single R. Kelly Not lyric. a single one. Thank God. Brilliant. He's in jail now. Nailed but it. Anyway, that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> oh, God. Well, from here, we catch up with Leslie, Ann, and April on a tour of alternate sites for the dog park. And we quickly learn why we would not want Leslie as our realtor. 
Yeah, yeah. We see uh, Leslie, April, and Anne walking around what I call the yuck district of, uh, <laughs> of, right. of Pawnee. Um, it's a it's a big, huge district. Um, they're they're trying to visit potential locations for new dog parks. Clearly, yeah. Leslie is trying to kind of direct April somewhere yeah. that's not lot forty eight ish. So we we see them at the fifth potential location that they visited so far that day. Unfortunately, these five locations, Alan, they leave something to be desired, to say the least. Uh, they're they're small, they're grimy, they're loud. And this last one is zone 14B, apparently an industrial <laughs> waste cleanup <laughs> site. So that's not, you know, good. But put plainly, they, they suck on ice. April tells Leslie no dice. She's still going after lot 48. And she's bringing it up at the next city council meeting. Uh-oh. It's on like Donkey Kong. Yep. <laughs> Leslie's trying to sell it. She says, look, it has really good energy here. You know, it lots of light. It's tiny and awful and loud. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's, uh, you already said it's zoned uh, industrial waste cleanup site. But And then goes, we should technically be wearing hazmat suits right now. It seems kind of like the place a ska band would go to shoot heroin. <laughs> that was almost my AKA. Was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love uh, that line. You got to love that line. Uh, it, it's It's very visual. Well, and at the very end, so April April leaves and says, you know, no dice. I'm oh, still yeah, bringing it up. Yeah, yeah. At the very end, there's a very, very short Leslie talking head. And she's kind of talking to us. And she yeah. goes, like, I've created a monster. I need to destroy her. And she looks over at the picture on her desk <laughs> of her and Joe Biden. And yeah. she's like, what do I do, Joe? And then you hear Leslie's voice change. Well, Leslie, look into my eyes. Take a deep <laughs> breath and everything will be fine. It's like, thanks, Joe. Oh, he's good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, Mark, with her failure to steamroll April, Leslie needs some advice on how to get April on board and goes to the one commonly referred to as the April Whisperer. Mm, well, th those uh, April Whisperers are always in demand because you never know what she's going to do. Nope. Yeah, we see Leslie, nope, uh, turn to the one person, maybe other than Vice President Joe Biden, who well, may sure. be able to mentor Leslie out of her predicament with April. The man, the myth, the legend, Ron Swanson. So Leslie goes into his office and she keeps the details kind of vague or, or she outright lies about him. And, and she asks Ron, how did you use to slow me down when I was being a little bit too Les Leslie-ish? Yeah, um, yeah. And and Ron gives Leslie a few suggestions such as A, uh, provide the target with busy work or if that doesn't do the trick, B, distract them with something that they are interested in or passionate about. Very nice. Yeah. I, I love, you know, as you mentioned, Leslie doesn't want to tell Ron what she's actually doing, right. like that this is about April. So she she instead tells him that she's trying to remove some parking meters and there's this guy in public work uh, being a real thorn about it. Yeah. Ron says, which guy? And she says, uh, Ricky Jordash. Yeah. So never heard of him. Never heard of him. Oh, my God. Well, I guess you have to be old enough to remember Jordash jeans. Yeah. <laughs> and he's smart and he's beautiful. And I think yeah. of him as, in many ways as a daughter, but that would be crazy because on account of he's a he's man, a his name's yeah, Ricky. He's, he's so dude. just yeah. made it up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mark, Leslie decides to take Ron's advice and we catch up with her at a local regional theater experience that may not meet everyone's definition of what I would call high art. Uh, well, <laughs> I think it depends on how you define that. Yeah. Uh, maybe the high part. But but we, we see Leslie and April, uh, are, they're at 
Well, and I'm not sure what this is. We, we, it's they, 160 Market Street, Pawnee, Indiana. We first see a sign with a picture <laughs> of a sheep with Oren's head on it that yeah. says, and it's not like a fluffy sheep. It's no. a terrifying sheep. And it scary. says, um, Pawnee Community College, Black Box Theater, running 24 hours a day, Human Farm, from the artist <laughs> Oren, showing six more weeks. And this is a very odd and disturbing uh, art show with people dressed up like aminals, uh, kind of, but not in a fun way, more like in a nightmare fuel inducing way. I think Orin is probably the least scary of all of them. Yeah. 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 Like That's saying something like any of the other animals, if Halloween is, is approaching rapidly, yes. if any of the other animals open the door when kids came for their tricks no, or treats, they scream. would run. They would run screaming. Um <laughs> It is clear that Leslie is a bit creeped out by everything as well. She should be. But she puts on a brave face and she pretends, you know, on account of wants to bond with April. Yeah, that she's yeah. interested. She's interested. And April is not sure what to think of Leslie's reaction. Yeah. Neither are we. We'll, we'll, we'll check back in on that. Horrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, from the art house to the candy factory, we join Ben and Tom pitching an unholy but not totally illogical alliance. Yeah. Yeah. A semi-logical, somewhat unholy alliance. <laughs> yeah, Tom and Ben are in a meeting with Sweetum CEO Jessica Wicks, former Pawnee beauty queen, I think. Yeah, and stepmother of Bobby Newport. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Ben is trying to suggest an alliance between Rent-A-Swag and Sweetum, saying it could be mutually beneficial. Unfortunately, Sweetums is... Uh, laying low after a small, let's call it a mishap. But just so Jessica ultimately turns down the idea. However, she tells them Sweetums is starting up a nonprofit foundation to restore their name. And she was so impressed with how Ben ran Leslie's campaign. that yeah, I know I'm Bobby Newport's, you know, stepmom, but I was so impressed. I'm going to offer you a job right now. Like you want to run our nonprofit wing. <laughs> and Ben is stunned. Tom is not happy. No, he's not. He says, look, just to clarify, it's a no to me on all fronts and you're offering Ben a job. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Go suck it. Well, Mark, having failed to entrap Donna, Detective yeah. Dwyer now turns his sight on his next suspect. Yeah, he's Alan. He is just running down the list. He is going to find out who the heck stole the case of the missing laptop. Yeah, and we don't see everybody he probably ran into randomly in the hallway and interrogated either. Oh, yeah. No, just the top three. Yeah. Yeah. So Andy has now, as you alluded to, Alan, moved on from Donna and is now interrogating Jerry. Is that even his real name? Larry, Gary. Yeah, it's it's up for debate. (laughs) He is sure that Larry, Jerry, Gary, Barry has got to be the thief. But Jerry smiles and earnestly tells Andy, I'm sorry, Andy, it wasn't me. And Andy decides to let Jerry go, at least in part, I think, because on account of he can never tell when people are lying to him. Yeah, that, that's not, not a problem. That, that's not a good thing. Hopefully that doesn't come up during his police work. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, back at the theater, it's not. Is that what we're going to call this? The theater? OK. All right. Sure. Let's do that. Um, Leslie does her level best to continue to connect with April and hopes that she can sway her on lot 48. So back at the Hell Theater uh, at the Human Farm, <laughs> yeah. um, Leslie and April are still there, and Leslie is doing her best to kind of talk it up and pretend that she's interested and that she likes it. However, April ain't having it. So she calls no. Leslie out and tells her she knows that she hates the show yeah. and that the only reason she brought her there is to distract her from the dog park. No, which she, is, she loves it. 
She says, she, what's your favorite part? She says, the heavy handedness. The heavy handedness is pretty awesome. I will agree with that. <laughs> but as, as April says, not going to work. You're not going to distract me. As a matter of fact, I got to leave on account of I got to go talk to uh, my uh, partner, Councilman Jeremy Jam, oh who God. loves my idea. And he's going to support it tomorrow at the city council. Mean, see you, suck town. And she leaves. And uh, but before she leaves, Leslie does tell April, like, look, I know that we're fighting and stuff, yeah. but like our our dispute aside for a second, don't, don't trust him. Don't trust Jam. He's yeah. a snake. But April seems unconvinced. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that about the point where Orin actually moves at Leslie? <laughs> and she says, what are you supposed to be? Aren't, aren't you a sheep? He says, no. No, you, you are. are. <laughs> that, that was fantastic. <laughs> oh my God. Shut up, weirdo. Shut up, weirdo. Uh well, having failed to partner with Sweetums, Tom and Ben take their pitch onto local cable channel 46 to see if they can get some exposure and help generate some excitement for Rent-A-Swag. That is right. We now see Ben and Tom at the headquarters for Pawnee Channel 46, specifically talking with Brian Raisins, <clears throat> the host of Small Business Today. Just like with Sweetums, Ben is trying to make a pitch on Tom's behalf, this time for Brian reasons uh, to use Tom as one of the profiles for his show, Small Business Today. Also, just like with Sweetums, Brian ends up saying no to Tom, saying he'd like to wait until the business has been around for a little while and proven itself. Also, also, just like with Sweetums, Brian is aware of Ben's talents and offers him a job as a correspondent for a new political chat show they're launching. Tom is getting increasingly frustrated and frantic. No one's interested in him, but everywhere they go, Ben is getting freaking job offers. And this is putting Ben on TV, as Tom points out. And we've seen Ben on TV. It did not go well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ben even admits it. He says, oh, I'm shaky yeah. on TV. And Brian Raisins, you know, that guy, he <laughs> says, no, 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 it's just it's authentic. People like that. And Tom said, no, didn't, didn't you hear him? He stinks. He sweats. He stutters. It's like the King's speech. But the first part before he's fixed. <laughs> that was my favorite part of the movie. Like, what is happening? <laughs> oh, my God. He's getting mad. I don't blame him. Yeah. Well, having failed to now also entrap Jerry and. Andy continues down his Rolodex of subjects and questions city manager Chris Traeger. Right, right. Andy learns to spell Rolodex and then finds it and then goes down it. And then he then is, finds Chris. He is finally yeah. finds Chris and he gets lost because he needs a hoagie. And then he gets to Chris's office. I made the hoagie part up. I don't know. I, that seems right happen. to me. <laughs> it it feels right. And so, so Andy gets to Chris's office and says, OK, it's your turn. I, I'm going to interrogate. You did it. Yeah. Confess. That's that's he's real subtle. Yeah, very. very and much. and and uh, and he explains. Again, Don't play stupidly handsome with me. <laughs> he's just doing both. <laughs> and he explains once again, I think for Chris's benefit, for, for ours as well. He asked the gang to steal stuff from his desk so he could practice his police skills. Yeah. Now, Chris, you did it. And Chris tells Andy another computer was reported stolen from the offices on the other side of the courtyard. And I don't think this is part of your police training, Andy. I think City Hall was robbed. Wow. Like, yeah. a, like a real crime? Yeah. That's even better. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> well, now time has finally come for April to have her moment in council chambers and team up with old reliable himself, Councilman Jam. Yeah, that's what they what, call, call what, him. What could possibly go wrong? Nothing. It's going to be perfect. Let's let's find out. Dot, dot, dot. Um, so, yeah, now we're in the city council meeting. It's in full swing. And and uh, Hauser, I think Hauser usually is like the lead 
council council yeah yeah he's leading the the session not the senior because that's milton that's true but so so uh, hauser introduces april and gives the floor to her uh, to talk about building her dog park on lot 48 and councilman jam is smiling and councilwoman nope is not um ellen let's have harvey play this clip next order of business it's agenda item 280b a motion to construct a dog park on municipal lot 48. uh ms ludgate you have the floor jam Thank you, Councilman Jam. Your help and general non-awfulness is much appreciated, (laughs) Leslie. Members of the council, I believe that Municipal Lot 48 should be a dog park. Boo. Boo. Well, it sounds like there's considerable opposition to this, so I'm sorry, Miss Ludgate. You should go now. Really? I just heard one hag booing. (laughs) Ladies, please, let's keep this civil. Yikes. Councilman. Pawneeans, satisfied customers of Jam Orthodontics. Mm -hmm. As we discuss what type of park to put on Lot 48, I had a thought. How about no park? What? Who here thinks parks are stupid? Let the record show that everyone is raising their hands. I happen to know for a fact that Pawnee's favorite fast food restaurant, Paunch Burger, needs a new location. Now, seeing as how the future of Lot 48 is open for debate, I move we sell it to Paunch Burger for a nice profit. You don't even have to be Asian to do math that simple. Wow. Oh my God. You told me you wanted a dog park. Uh, psych. It's not fair. You lied to me. You just got jammed. Uh. Uh, I hate when he says that. <laughs> yeah. We all hate when he says that. I hate when he says it. Oh my God. He's a snake. He's a, a snake. snake is what he is. Well, and you know, he, he, they fell right into his trap. It's now up for debate and hence, Henceforth, no, there's henceforth. What's hence hither? No, what, what happened before? Hence back then? Don't give me that hence hither look. <laughs> well, before all of this, how, how about that? It wasn't up for debate. No, he's a snaky snake and he, they fell into his snaky they trap. They really did. hate him. Dummies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, following Jam's betrayal of April, Leslie and Anne lament about their Leslie and April lament about their mutual situation, but it's clear the tempers are running very high. Yeah, they're they're lamenting because on account of they're attacking each other and fighting in general. They like to, they're fighting, they like to fight. But they have a common enemy, but they can't just seem to focus on that. I know. We like look, we turn Harvey and Constantine it against for us. us. It, this should work for Genius. them. Genius. And I agree, but on account of this and how we're gonna So Anne and Ron are also in this. Let's call it a meeting um, with, with April and Leslie. And they just, April and Leslie are bickering and fighting, and especially April, and she's just taking shots at her. And so finally, Anne just, blah, she's had enough. And Anne tells Ron to step outside the room, guard the door, which he is very happy to do. No one is leaving until they figure this out and stop fighting. So basically, in a nutshell, Anne is now holding them hostage. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. yeah she's in charge now. Well, Ron is the first one to kind of settle the room. He's like, enough. Right, right. You're friends and coworkers. <laughs> In this office, we treat each other with respect. And then Jerry goes... Hey, April, how's the, because he didn't know any of this is happening, no, right? He, he just, just walks he, in the room. Pops in, he's yeah. being real friendly. Hey, how's the dog park coming? Get out, Jerry. Hey, get out. This is private. Hey. Oh, my God. Sorry, Everyone guys. turns on Jerry. It's so that funny. PBJ. You talk about uniting for a common enemy. True. There They all did. go. Yeah, they, they need that. Yep. They need more of that. Well, back in the bullpen, Andy has given up his amateur sleuthing and called in the professionals, and surely they can help him solve this great mystery. The case of the missing laptop. Yeah, we now see um, 
Pawnee PD uh, uh, employee officer Scorgel. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Who we've seen before, I believe. Yeah, he's he in this era, probably post season three. He is the most common face of Pawnee PD here for a while. At yeah, least. yeah. I think really through the end of the run. So Officer Scorgel is in the bullpen, I think, with Chris and Andy, and he's taking notes regarding Chris's uh, report of yeah. theft at City Hall. Andy is really excited, like disproportionately so, and wants to start uh, planning, b- planting bugs and using explosives and, you know, whatever it takes to catch the thief. Chris tells Andy he appreciates his enthusiasm, naturally, but they just don't have the money to launch a huge investigation. Officer Scorgel tells Andy, you know what? A lot of police work is just writing stuff down. It's not <laughs> superhero time, right? And if it sounds boring, maybe you should choose another profession. I love it. I also love with that superhero line, the reaction Andy gives to camera. And I want to come back to that in our post show notes. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, Mark, in the same way that April is feeling betrayed by Leslie, Tom has some final words with Ben and seems to feel about the same. Yeah, we see um, this is an outside shot. I think it's just outside of City Hall. Back in the courtyard. It may be in the courtyard. Tom is sitting outside on a bench next to a pigeon sulking and we see Ben walk up and Tom is clearly bummed out by all of his failures, especially in light of all Ben's praise and job offers. And he now questions whether or not he can hack this. Ben tells Tom, I think what he needs to hear. He says, if you're passionate about this company, keep at it and things will eventually turn around. It's good advice. Yeah, it is good advice. Tom's reaction when he first sees Ben is awesome. Though he goes, "Get any more job offers since I last saw you?" I did. It <laughs> was a management position at Urban Outfitters. Yeah, but other than down. that, no, no. Oh my gosh, Jesus, poor Tom. Yeah. Well, with everyone having betrayed everyone, Leslie and April find themselves working with professional mediator Ann Perkins. Yeah, professional mediator and life coach Ann Perkins. Uh, (laughs) She's still sitting in the conference room with Leslie and April. Neither one is talking. Ann looks at her watch and sighs. She's clearly frustrated. This this is is a really good scene. Hey, Harvey. Yeah, you know what to do. Hit the button. (sighs) All right, I'm going to have to force this. Leslie, maybe you want to admit that you haven't been the greatest role model. I don't care. Orin's my role model. April, maybe you want to admit that you've been a little selfish and inconsiderate. Look, all I ever wanted was for you to show the enthusiasm you showed for your dog park. And when you did, I blew it. And I'm sorry. Fine. I'm sorry that I outsmarted you at every turn. (laughs) April. And I know I have a lot to learn from you. And I'm sorry that I disrespected your stupid dream. A lot of love in this room. Oh. I'm very, very sorry. Me too. I love you very much. I love you too. I'm going to do this in front of her. <laughs> hey, Anne, since you're such a genius, what do we do now? Neither of you want GM to win, nor do I, because I hate Ponchburger, but if there's mm. one in my backyard, I will eat there like every night. Oh, yeah. That is no good. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I say we stop playing dirty with each other and we start playing dirty with Jam. Yes, we'll have triple sex with him. No, no. I have an idea. It's very uncool, but it's not illegal technically, but it is a dick move. I love it. <laughs> Who wouldn't love it? Well, moving on from dick moves, Mark, uh, disappointed dreams continue to be a recurring theme in this episode. And it's no different for Andy, who gets some good feedback and a ray of hope from Chris. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we now see Chris uh, at a very Traeger baseline. He's exercising in his office. That seems about right. 
mean, it's better than him being depressed, right? Thank God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and Andy enters his office, and Andy has an update. Uh, Andy now thinks it's the dude who runs Carpet Emporium on account of <laughs> criminals like to wrap things up in rugs. <laughs> He's not wrong. Great deducing. Yeah, yeah. Chris tells Andy once again he appreciates his enthusiasm, but maybe he should think about what Officer Scorgle said earlier. Hearing this, Andy gets frustrated and he sits down and he's clearly bummed out and, and takes his shirt off and, and questions <laughs> whether he should even be a cop. And Chris thinks for a second and then tells Andy, City Hall needs a new part-time security guard on the weekends. Andy could do that and use it as a way to feel out whether he wants to be a police officer. And Andy considers it and is wishy-washy for a moment and then ultimately agrees to do it. I love it. Yeah. I also love that uh, he takes his shirt off because bad feelings make him feel sweaty. Yeah. I know how that works. Uh, Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mark, you know the old saying, if at first you can't succeed, then cover your enemy's yard with dogs. No, no, I don't think so. I don't think that's it, actually. I might be mixing up some axioms there. No, that's an old Roman saying. I, I've heard of it. Is it? Okay, good. Yeah, good. yeah, right. way to go. Um, so, yeah, we now see a, a, an outside shot of uh, Mr. Councilman Jeremy Jam's house, specifically his front yard. And there are several uh, people and dogs playing there and making noise and laughing and throwing Frisbees around and et cetera. Finally, Jam opens the front door to see the hell's going on and sees Leslie, April and Anne standing there. Leslie explains to Jam that the dogs are there because his neighborhood has no dog park and the people are there because his neighborhood has no people park (laughs) and they have to play somewhere. Right. So they're going to use his front lawn until there's an actual park nearby. I love it. And Jam says, no, you can go honk Herman. I'm going to call the police until Anne rightfully points out, you know what, Jam, you're going to call the cops and a bunch of kids and puppies. That is going to be a horrible photo op. <laughs> so frustrated, but resigned Jam offers a, a compromise of sorts. A like gentleman's a, a gentleman's agreement. agreement in 90 days. They will all put their plans to a vote. And at that point, winner take all now get, everyone the hell off my lawn. So I think they kind of won the, maybe the battle, but not the war. Well, yeah. Cause Leslie says you just got noped and ludgated and Perkins is a, so, ah, that didn't work. You got no. jammed. <laughs> I hate when he says that. Uh, I fear Mark, and maybe this is foreshadowing, mm. but gentlemen's agreement and Jeremy jam just do not go together. No, no. just say it. Maybe a jam agreement, which means <laughs> he just lied to you. <laughs> that sounds exactly right. Right. Yeah. Well, Mark, finally in the kicker, Ben heads for the accounting firm of Tilton and Randowski for his first day of work. And all things considered, it feels like a time really flies by. Don't you think so? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. This this is there's there's no way this can go wrong. It's a long day. Ben, this this is his natural habitat. He We're back at freaking Tilton and Radomsky accounting, baby. We're back. We're with Barney Varmanen, who is one of Ben's biggest fans. Oh, yeah. And, and Ted. Ted. He, he's a fan, too. <laughs> this the, look, this kicker is too good. Hey, Harvey. Fire it up one last time, buddy. Thank you. I know you changed your mind the last time we offered you a job, but we are just thrilled that you changed it again. Thank you. Me too. This is our best office. Ah. As you can see <laughs> through the window, you have a great view of the billing department. <laughs> hey, Sharon! Shh. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. 
She's fun. Oh, so yeah. please, if there's anything we can do to make you happier in your new job, just let me know. Oh, no, this is great, Barney. Thank you. <laughs> but I have to quit. Oh. Again. Oh, what? Oh, is this a classic Ben joke? No, I'm really sorry, but I, I just don't want to do this. I need to move my life in another direction. This is disappointing, again. <laughs> Maybe someday we'll figure out the magic formula that gets you to work here. Well, formulas are my formula for moolah. So. <laughs> Ted! Get in here! Ben's quitting again, but you gotta hear what he said. <laughs> Leslie's been saying for weeks, I should do something I love. And she's right. I'll help Tom, or maybe try to do that TV thing, or, or maybe work for the Sweetums Foundation. I, I don't know. Life is short. Why be an accountant, you know? I mean, other than the stability and the health plan and the above-average pay. There it is. Oh, God, this better work out. <laughs> Fade to black. <laughs> Only time will tell, Mark, that, if that, he's that. made a horrible mistake. I know. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Poor Barney. I, played by the J, great John Balma, who yep. was a guest on our show. Yep. Yeah, one of our earlier guests. Uh, oh, my gosh. I love seeing him. Yeah, me too. Do we ever see Ted? No. I don't think so. I think he's kind of like Norm's wife, right? Except I don't know who all the people were in the extended clip in the deleted oh. scene. Good but they point. didn't. They didn't point. If he, if Ted was there, they didn't point him out. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he's off screen, Ted. Personally, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Well, nice job on the breakdown, Mark. Hey, let's take a real quick break, and then we'll come back. We'll talk about all of our first fun facts, tropes, all that great stuff. We'll give it a score, and we'll go home. The plan. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. We'll be right back, everybody. Hello, this is Ron Swanson. I am here to tell you today about the brave men and women of the Pawnee Police Department. They are a shining example for our community and worthy of your gratitude and minor glorification. Are you a youth? Are you generally up to no good? I am talking to you, Pekitis, and your ilk, the ne'er-do-wells of Pawnee. I tell you today that unless you want to wind up on the wrong side of the bars... You must make a change for the better and get right with the Lord and also the Pawnee Police Department. But Ron, how, you may say, join the psych. That is the P-S-Y-C-H, the Pawnee Summer Youth Campers and Helpers. Yes, get psyched this summer and learn about why it is better to be the Popo than to be chased handcuffed and forcibly detained by said popo, which is the path you are currently on, Pekitis. Spend your summer learning to be a respectable individual in service to others, and let great examples like Officer Dave Sanderson tell you about why they made the commitment to serve our community in this great capacity. So put down that carton of eggs and seal up that case of toilet paper and make plans to get psyched this summer. Thank you. That is all. All right, everybody, we're back. Well, Mark, we'll start off this week as we usually do with deleted scenes. If you have the DVDs, check these out. And we've already kind of mentioned at the top of the show, nine minutes and 14 seconds technically yeah. of deleted scenes. I think there's maybe 11 or 12. They're on the longer side. They're on the funnier side. 
And I really feel like if you put this show back together with most of those, you've got a really, really funny episode. Not that it isn't already, but I think it adds something to it this week. Uh, I, I agree. You know, usually I kind of roll my eyes and look to the side when you when you mention the possibility of you kind of Frankenstein. I want to see together. this one, though. Uh, I actually would lobby for you to do that. that that's pretty good. I mean. I, I thought that the deleted scenes were extremely funny. Yeah. Like maybe 5%, 10% was like, meh, yeah. but the others were good. Yeah. And that's kind of rare. What was your favorite one, do you think? I, I actually had two brief ones. I, I think the the first, very first scene is extended April where she's talking about her motivation for the dog park and mm. she just wants a place to walk champion and Andy. <laughs> and Andy. Yeah, yeah. So, and then the other one, I, the, the clip wasn't as great, but the idea behind it was hysterical. Um, <laughs> Tom is talking about his his ideas and he at one point he talks about <laughs> this business that failed, Smokey Joe's Crematorium, <laughs> even as a t-shirt. <laughs> Yikes. It's too bad that's not canon because I think we could sell that T-shirt. Oh, I have no doubt. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How about you, Mark? What, what did you enjoy this? Uh, with this I, I think in general, as I look as I watch through the deleted scenes near the end of the series of clips, there were uh, a series of outtakes or fun runs or whatever where Ben was with brian raisins raisins is this? of small yeah. business today. I think. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's just him. I think Brian Raisins is trying to give him a, like a test run through of how he would do on the show. On the show yeah. And Ben is doing horribly. <laughs> I mean, he is freaking out in, in like, uh, what was it? Media Blitz, I think, from yeah. way back yes, when, when yes. Ben like became Manic Ben and lost oh his God. mind. Yeah. It's back to that. Yeah, it and is. it was beautiful. Yeah. I could not stop laughing. I love it. Adam Scott does such a great job with that. It's too bad that that wasn't in the episode. That's that's good loss footage there for sure. Completely agree. Yeah. Well, Mark, let's move on to first tropes, fun fact, goof, all that fun stuff. Uh, what, what did you have this week on first? I, I actually didn't have a lot. I've got one, maybe two. I, I have two. I said uh, this was the first TV series or episode to cast Vice President Joe Biden. Nice. And I said this is the first time that April presents a motion in a city council meeting. Oh, those are both good. Yeah. What do you have? I said it's the first time we see Jam's house. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and we're, we know we're going to come back and kimonos and everything later. But yeah. Uh, yeah, first time we see Jam's house. How about tropes? I had a boatload of tropes. Well, Which, unload the boat, Mark. What well, you got? I'm gonna unload the boat. And this is very telling to reasons I'll get to later. Okay. So you got punching bag Jerry. Oh God, yes. Uh I said JVL, Jam versus Leslie, because he's it. definitely one of the Leslie antagonists yeah, that we've talked about. No doubt. Um fun with names, Officer Scorgle, Brian Raisins, <laughs> uh sweet, stupid Andy. Yeah, out oh, the gosh, wazoo. All over the place, yeah. I have one that I don't know if I've used this before. I would call it an offshoot of BIN, Ben is a nerd. And this is Ben is accounting funny. <laughs> when you place him around accountants, he's like carrot top. <laughs> or even someone funny for that matter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah even someone good. Yeah. Um, better than carrot top. Um, but you're right. It's a good one. Ben mugs to the camera. Oh, my God. Like when Tom insists they couldn't have seen Entertainment 720 thing coming and he just Look straight at the camera. Oh, it even happened in the cold open where where Ben is looking at us to say, can you can you can do you, you see what's happening with my wife? My, my fiance, the yeah. vice president shamelessly. <laughs> um, Chris mugs to the camera when Andy initially turns down the security card position. Chris goes toink and right yeah. to the camera. Um, Manic Leslie. 
Oh which is gosh. what I think of like when she tends to go a bit overboard when she really wants something and sometimes to the detriment of others. Yeah. Not usually horribly, but a little bit. Yeah. And then she kind of reins it back in. Um, BQA. Ben quits again. <laughs> Poor Barney. It's <laughs> a good one. <laughs> BNG TV. Ben not good on TV. Uh, that's um, nice. OIC. Orin is creepy. He is creepy. LLB. Leslie loves Biden. <laughs> um. B-F-I-K, breakfast food is king. Like when Ron and Leslie are oh, like, yeah. well, wait, I thought this was for breakfast, but well, yeah. breakfast food can serve many purposes. <laughs> and, blah, blah, blah. Um, and J-L-G, which is Jerry slash Larry slash Gary, what is his name? Oh, that's a good point. So that's a great trope. That's a huge list. That is a giant list. What I have I nothing, nothing, because your list was 39 items long. How could you miss anything? No, no, those are all really good ones, in fact. And I'd say that uh, I like the, uh, the what do you call it? The G-L-L-J? Just- the G, the JLG, JLG, Larry, yes. Jerry, Gary, yeah, no, whatever. That's perfect. That's a great trope because that's definitely been going on for a while now and definitely will continue to go on. Right. Yeah. I, I did not have any goofs this week. That I, I didn't either. Clock. Yeah. Um, I, I did have a couple fun facts and I'm sure you do as well. Would, would you start with this week? Um, I had, I had one. Which was, and I think maybe this alludes to something that you were going to talk about when when Officer Scorgle tells Andy, you know, it's not superhero time. Maybe she's something uh, else. Yeah. So this is an obvious one, but yeah. it would soon become superhero time for Chris Pratt when he would become known for his role as Peter Quill, a.k.a. Star-Lord right. in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. In fact, Mark, it made me wonder, are they already in the know at this point? Mm. And. I think officially the answer is no, they're not. It's still irony because right. this episode was you know, shot well before, but aired in November of 2012. Well, it was February of 2013 that they hired Pratt. Mm-hmm. Now, it's certainly possible that he had Maybe interviewed. Maybe they were in talks, pre-talks, whatever, yeah. but unlikely. But it, but it could have been the joke that never paid off because he didn't have the part yet. Right. So either way, right. it's still pretty funny. It is. Pretty pretty interesting. Yeah, absolutely. What'd you have? Well, I had, I had a couple things I wanted to say. So, <clears throat> you know, I think we had both clocked those scenes in Washington, D.C. as, you know, across from the White House and, and, then, and, and then maybe just the White House. But where they're actually at when they meet Biden is in the EEOB building across the street. And that's what they call the vice president's ceremonial office with a big, long conference table uh-huh. and the desk at the end. Mm-hmm. And I kind of remembered this from West Wing, but had to go back and actually do a little bit of research to remind myself how that all works. But I thought that's kind of cool because we're actually watching Veep right now as well, speaking of great TV shows, and they're bouncing back and forth between those offices as well. So it's kind of funny. But, uh, but, you know, there were a couple other presidential ties. And obviously, Leslie says at the beginning, starts off the episode with 2020. And Ben says, yeah, that's a stretch. That's a stretch. She's talking about being in the White House. But it, her love, Biden, who actually wins in 2020. So mm. that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, she mentions Secretary Hillary Clinton, of course. And Amy Poehler had played Hillary Clinton many times on Saturday Night Live. So those are just fun little facts I thought were worth the mentioning. I also saw so. a small little fact, but it, it was kind of depressing. Is like, you know, Jessica Wicks had mentioned the, the molasses thing. Yeah, that, that's kind of real. It actually happened. I know. I mean, not to Sweetums. No, not but, to Sweetums. But it, or Pawnee, for that matter, since way, they're like, not real. Over 100 years ago, in 1919 in Boston, Massachusetts, a, a, a vat, a molasses vat exploded. Yeah, killed 21 people. 
and it and it and it a wave of very slow molasses <laughs> like buckled the railroad tracks and it crushed buildings. I mean, it's crazy it's to like think a about. Monster movie made yeah. of molasses. I, I was thinking that the blob is what came to mind when I read the that. delicious, delicious, the delicious blob. blob. Mm, Just, mm. Oh my God, Mark! They could have eaten the blob and saved the day. Yeah, it never dawned on me till just now. Yep, just get some barbecue sauce. We're on it. <laughs> well, nice job on those, Mark. Hey, uh, let's get into our scores. All right. Well, Alan, my MVP for this episode, single, is Adam Scott as Ben Wyatt. Yeah. Um, and and he was just excellent in so many ways. I, I love the fact that he did one of the most thoughtful things anyone that has ever known Leslie, you know, done for her. Yeah. Maybe Joe Biden was not real pleased after being, you know, woman handled by, by Leslie. But but, you know, we we loved it. Yeah. Um, I thought Ben was great as he went around and talked to people with Tom. I thought yep. he was trying to do something for his friend. I also like seeing Ben a little rattled. Seeing Ben uh, with Barney again is always a pleasure. Always. I mean, he just he knocked it out of the park. Um, a few additional notes. First of all, we had some really great guest stars. I'll just go through a quick list. Susan Yeagley as Jessica Wicks. Yep. Uh, John Glazer as Councilman Jeremy Jam, you the guy you. we love to hate. Uh, very, very briefly, but James Green as as Councilman Milton. Milton, yeah. I had a little shot there. Of course, the great uh, John Balma as Barney Varmanen. Uh, Paul Rust as Brian Raisins. Love that name. Uh, Eric Eisenhower as... Oren. Oren, yes. Uh, Johns Jordan, uh, again, as Councilman Hauser. Uh, Tracy Howe as Officer Scorgel. And last but certainly not least, Joe Biden playing Joe Biden. Love it. Um, it's hard to get a better list of guests than that. I completely agree. Um, I was also struck by how evenly uh, this the rest of this episode seemed to flow. I mean, as you you know, we have the three storylines and you have the different people in each storyline. I thought they did a great job of making all the storylines fairly interesting. I thought they gave everyone funny parts. So it didn't seem like there were really any stinkers in there, in my opinion, or any like stinker parts. Like sometimes we would say, oh, Chris is depressed or, yeah. you know, whatever. <laughs> I, everything I thought flowed really well in general. I also want to make the point that, you know, Anne mentioned that she's got to nix this Paunchburger thing because yeah. oh, yeah. she hates Paunchburger. But let's 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 be real. Yeah, we eat there every day. Of you either. But I've got to say, Anne, Anne Perkins, Alan, Anne could eat at Paunchburger every night and she would still be a beautiful, powerful muskox. <laughs> this is true. Maybe even more so. Maybe even more so. <laughs> um, I didn't really have any nitpicks per se. Maybe the only thing would be. I, I was so impressed, as I think you were, by the deleted scenes. I'm a little disappointed yeah. that there wasn't. I mean, seriously, that there wasn't a super size because there was some good content in there. There really was. Um, all right. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, on to the crazy Mark rubric. All right. So we got I'm going to give this a 4.5 base score. I Again, I don't think that there is a weak storyline in the bunch. Um I, I loved all three. I was engaged with all three. Um, I'm going to give half a point for a great job by my episode MVP, Adam Scott, as Ben Wyatt. I'm going to give a full point to 
everybody else just in general, but not a weak performance in the bunch. I thought it was spread out pretty fairly and pretty evenly. It kept everything interesting. So great job there. I'm going to give half a point for a great list of guest stars, which I've already gone down the list. I won't go over that again. Um, I'm going to give half a point for what I call the nerdy slash bizarre combo. Uh, Tilton and Radomski, we revisit, plus Oren's human farm. Oh my gosh, so horrible and I love it. Um, I am going to give, I, I've used the bookend combo before and commonly I'll give maybe half a point if they do a good job. I thought that the cold open and the kicker were so good. Uh -oh. I'm going to give a full point wow. to the bookend combo, what I'm calling it. The great cold open with Leslie meeting Biden, plus the great kicker with Ben quitting Barney's accounting firm once again, again. poor Barney. Um, and I'm also going to give one final point and this is kind of a, a callback to something that we said just a little bit earlier, the sheer number of satisfying tropes and callbacks as witnessed mm -hmm. by our long trope list. It really added something like some umph to, to the episode, I think in a big way. So you add all those up, Alan, and you get to nine little Sebastians. Now, nice. initially, as I was kind of doing my figuring in my head, You're figuring. I was, was going to give this an 8.5, but I decided to, point, to bump this up to a 9 due to how even and fleshed out the whole episode felt. As we mentioned earlier, this episode excelled at numerous callbacks and tropes. I know we've made this comparison in the past, but Pawnee is truly like the city of Springfield from The Simpsons and how a fleshed out and realized it's become, making it even more enjoyable and rewarding to watch. Anyway, that's my review. Back to you, Alan. Very nice job. I, it's hard for me to argue with any of that, Mark. So I, I won't. Good night, everybody. So I'll start with my my MVP. I, I did co-MVPs this week. Fair enough. And I did something I've not done before. Mm. So you have three? I, I, <laughs> yes, my co-MVPs, I have three of them. Uh, no, I have two, as what co means, Mark, two. It's like the lone gunman. I love that. <laughs> I, I miss the X Files. I do too. And I also hate the X Files. I do too. I know we both feel the same. Yeah, way. yeah, yeah. And don't get me started on Stephen King. But anyway, no, no, I like don't know why I always put those two together. Two and a half, man. Yeah, whatever, whatever. Um, grumpy. Mark, my MVPs were Adam Scott, like you, for yep. all the reasons you mentioned. I mean, Yay! How freaking good is he? You know, and, and I've been watching, um, you know, his show on Apple severance which we love by the way i finally got my wife and daughter to watch and now they're they can't wait for season two. Oh, nice but his his comedic talents are kind of wasted on that show there's they're brief moments right but mostly it's a drama and mm -hmm. dramatic acting which he's amazing at and deserves an emmy for but he's so good at the the comedic stylings of ben wyatt uh, and especially in scenes like you mentioned and so that's another reason is disappointing that these are deleted scenes and they didn't make it in because how good is he I oh mean, my god just at making us feel uncomfortable that he's uncomfortable and, and, and it's it, not physical comedy per se and yet i agree with what you just said and yet what i would say is Michael Scott cringe is different from this. Oh, yeah. No, because they're not. There, there's like only so much I can watch of the Michael Scott cringe. Yeah. But Ben well, you, imploding on himself. Yes. You that's it. pretty funny. The difference is that Ben Wyatt cringe is about watch what how it hurts Ben. Yes. Right. And we suffer as we watch him suffer. Michael Scott's cringe is because he hurts other people. Yeah, the shrapnel. Yeah, yep, the yep. shrapnel. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> and we still love him, but they yeah. are different. Yeah. Mark, my my other co-MVP is Mike Schur. 
you have the floor, Alan. Go on. I, 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 uh, I, I neither confirm or deny. I just seek to understand. Fair, I want to understand. Fair enough. I'll get into it. So okay. for, for the reason that you gave bookends uh, a full point this week, yeah. I, I'm giving this co-MVP to Mike Schur for making this cult open happen. Oh. Again, forget your politics, right? I don't care about that. He got a show to film in basically the White House functionally, right? Right. With an active vice president. The feat that that is logistically- That's gotta be staggering. It's staggering. And I did some reading on it and it's pretty fascinating. Hmm. Like for example, I know that during the time that they were uh, in Washington DC at the beginning of the series, excuse me, at the beginning of the season, season five, right. they were there for a week and they filmed in Washington. That's when they made all this happen. So for not only did they get in the White House and film this, they had to basically keep it under wraps for four and a half months oh. after it happened because they needed to wait for the election to happen. Right. They'd actually prepared for the contingency that Biden and, and Obama did not get reelected. Right. So that they would know what to do in the case in that case, but, um, and, and they were still going to use a scene in Washington, DC, but it wasn't much of a scene. Right. It right. would have been a throwaway line that basically Leslie had, and it still would have featured her love for Biden somehow, well, I, but they I, didn't really reveal what that was. I assume they needed to wait till the election was over because of an equal time clause. That's exactly right. All so right. yeah. That's See, it. I know things. You do know things. But, but this is fact of getting that on the schedule and the way they worked it through his staff to make it happen. And then basically kept it all a secret. And, uh, and, and he did a great job, quite honestly. I mean, he's playing himself, so it's not hard work. But he was funny. I thought he was funny. I, I thought he was very, I mean, it's, it's, it's relatively easy to be a straight man around Amy Poehler, but right. he was still very good. His reactions were genuine oh, and yeah. funny. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Because I think he was delighted in her reactions and it, it it all turned out very well. So anyway, that's why I made Mike sure my co-MVP. Handsome, handsome man. Yeah. <clears throat> you know what? That's not bad. And, and I'm not sure we've ever done anything like that. Someone behind the camera. There was one time that I made my episode MVP the writers. Oh, you did. Because they tied so many like plots together. But that's, I think, Mark, the only thing we've done. Thank you for your segue. Oh, that's perfect for me because now I want to talk about Harris. Oh, please do. I mean, what a great episode. I mean, gosh, we, we miss him for lots of reasons, but he was very clearly talented. And I know there's always the writer's room and I guarantee everybody had a piece in this. Sure. But, you know, in crafting the outline, the story structure and creating what I consider a very well-balanced episode. And I think you said something very similar, like all three storylines landed. That almost never happens. Yeah. I feel like every single episode we review, we always kind of have that one episode or that one storyline rather that we're like, eh, you know, it was okay. Right. Or sometimes was, we don't think it was it's okay. filler maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It was there as necessity. But in this case, not only did they fully fill up the 21 minutes and 30 seconds, whatever it was, but as we've we've clearly noted with another 10 minutes of out, good deleted scenes and who knows what else is not even visible to us, uh, this could have easily been a bonus episode. Yeah, sure. I agree. And I think if it had, I, my score would have been even higher. I can imagine that well edited with those deleted scenes and maybe a little bit of pace trimming. I, I think this would probably have been a 9.5. But I gave it a nine because of what it is, the way it aired as this canon episode. Very nice. I I, I agree with you. A, a Frankenstein super size episode with yeah. some of the best deleted yeah. scenes. 
I probably would have given it a nine. I, I'm kind of joking about making that thing, but now that I'm talking about it out loud, I, I really kind of want to do it. Yeah. I so maybe we'll try it. If we had that mark, would we review that episode on the air? Ten. <laughs> no, but would we would we cover it? Maybe we could do that on YouTube. We've never really done anything with our YouTube channel. That'd be kind of fun. We could do that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I, know. I'm game. Well, let's put that in the hopper. Let's see if Constantine and Harvey can make that happen for us. Yeah. Hey, Harvey, you put it in the hopper. You heard the man. Did he wave at you with one finger? What is that? He's a... That's weird. He's a... He's friendly. <laughs> well, nice job today, Mark. I, I think that was a great episode <laughs> breakdown. As always, uh, mostly on your part. So, uh, nice job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, everyone will be back next week with season five episode eight Pawnee Commons oh and I'm looking forward to it you, me, me too yeah this has been a good season so far and I'm anxious to see it continue this has been an amazing season uh, compared to I think in my memory what I expected it to be like I'm pleasantly yeah, surprised that's a good way to put it yeah. I, I did not have great my memories of season five did not give it credit. I think is the right way to say it. Right. Yeah. My memory said it was good. I'm thinking right now it's great. Yeah. I mean, in these first seven episodes, they've been really good. Right. Powerhouses. Yeah, yep. absolutely. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening and we'll see you next time. All right. Bye everyone. Bye everyone. Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of the creators. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompawnee.com for more details or to contact us. <coughs> God. Okay. <laughs> do you feel better now? My I, God. I do. It, like five pounds lighter. Did a squirrel just come out? <laughs> <laughs> Put that up.